Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We got a crazy episode for you guys this week. It's Rivalry Week, and this is episode 10. This is Lance's House of Sports. I'm your host, Lance Wyatt, and I am in the home of the Nut House, and I am here with multiple house members. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. I have uh, Ben Gabriel. What's going on, guys? I got Chris Nair. What's up, guys? And we got Michael Jaros on the pod with us to discuss rivalry week between the third team in the nation, the team up north, versus the number two team in the nation, the Ohio State Buckeyes. A wild week. One that we have all been anticipating for and one that we cannot wait to be here. It is Saturday, the day we've all been waiting for. Going into this matchup, both teams are undefeated for the first time since 2006. How about that? And Michigan, they're coming off a win against us Buckeyes last year, getting their first win against Ohio State since 2011. Last year, it was led by Hassan Haskins as well as Blake Corum in the backfield with a dominant rushing attack. And now we're coming to the matchup this year, and it's expected to be a whole lot of the same for the Michigan Wolverines. So let's get into it now, boys. Welcome to the show. Opening, uh, opening antics. What do we think? What are we expecting going into this game? Books by a million. I like that. <laughs> I think Ohio State, you know, we're going to get it done. I don't think we're losing back-to-back, especially – especially at our place. It's not happening. Big game, Ben. What you think? I think that uh I think that we got a lot. We got to pay him back. We played horrible last year against them. Uh you know, they rushed they rushed for 400 plus yards on us, five touchdowns. I think our defensive front seven has a lot to prove and I think they're going to get it done. I agree with Chris. Bucks by a billion. <laughs> I mean, we're just getting started on the pod. So we'll see what our final results and what our predictions are later in the show. But laying some more stats on you guys, Michigan leads the all-time series 59-51 to and six ties following their victory last year. But Ohio State, we have been dominant in the rivalry in the last 15 years, 17 years to speak, as we've won eight of the last nine and 15 of the last 17. Michigan, they're coming into the shoe Obviously, one of the toughest environments to play in all of, uh, all of America. They have not won at Ohio State since 2000. And that was also the year to when they did win their second straight game in the series. Um, Harbaugh's 1-5 and five in his coaching career against Ohio State. Ryan Day's 1-1 one and one in his career against Michigan. So something's going to have to give here. Some information for you guys. I mean, I'm sure we already know Blake Corum against Illinois last week. He got banged up, injured his left knee after being tackled late in the first half. Pulled himself out of the game after a carry and a pass block. They asked him after the game, though, how he felt. And he said the knee's fine. He said it'll get better. And then they asked if he intends to play. He said he will be there. Although with huge news just coming out earlier today, some news that kind of surprises me, and it got leaked out of uh, the Michigan locker room. It was uh, Michigan tackle Ryan Hayes. He said everyone's going to have to step up with Blake Corum out accidentally letting the world know that he probably won't play in this game this weekend. Wow. What, what, are, our wow. Fir- what are our first reactions to a, something like that? I mean, come on. Someone out of the Michigan locker room? I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, Paul Feinbaum say that he's concerned for Michigan if Blake Corum doesn't play. Well, I mean, I think that's an obvious statement to Very make. reasonable. I mean, Paul Feinbaum's a very... Uh, Respected college football analyst. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, 
so, but I mean, let's expect that Corm does not play this game. I mean, obviously, if you're Ryan Day preparing for a game like this, of course you're preparing for their best player to play. Say he does play. I think if he plays, he's limited either way. I don't know, though. Donovan Edwards, their RB2 is very good. I think he averages somewhere around like 6.2 or 6.3 yards a carry. Even higher. Really? 6.7? 6.7 yeah. yards per carry. He's a beast. He doesn't get a lot of the touches because Blake Corm is obviously, you know, Heisman running back, very good. But, yeah, I think we're still going to have to see the run a lot and we're going to have to defend the run, so... Yeah, I don't think I don't think much changes in the game plan. You know, he was mentioning Edwards. He uh, he went for one seventy three against Penn State. I mean, that's crazy coming from yeah. your two back. Yeah, that I mean, is he, insane. He's a beast. I mean, you just got to give credit to the Michigan offensive line because that's where it starts from the beginning. And I, I I mean I think they say going into this game they say he plays because you want to try and keep Ohio State off their toes and you got to do anything in your power to try and get an advantage. And even if he's not playing, he's just warming up and he's got the pads on. I don't know. We'll see, though, at the end of the day. I mean, Donovan Edwards, his yearly stats, he's gotten 70 carries on the year, 471 yards and four touchdowns, and like we said, 6.7 yards per carry. But something that a lot of people don't talk about is he's also kind of the receiving back for that team. And now we know uh, J.J. McCarthy, he's not super big passing the ball. I mean, he's done a solid job this year. He's got just under 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, only two interceptions. But it just shows that Donovan Edwards, if Blake Corm doesn't play, he's going to be uh, – He's going to have a huge workload ahead of him in the biggest game of his career, probably against the Buckeyes, as he's uh, led the backfield for him in receiving work at, for running backs. He's got 14 catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns, uh, averaging 19 yards a catch. Um, so that's huge for Michigan. Looking at our Buckeyes, though, Michigan, I'm sorry, maybe I'm in the wrong for this, but their offense is nothing like the attack that our Buckeyes have. And that's because I believe we're a two-dimensional offense. We can do it on... Uh, obviously throwing it down the field side. We, I, we can do it side by side occasionally when we go to it too much. It never works. We have to be able to throw down the field, but our running attack is always dominant. And we've had really a three headed horse these last few weeks as we've been dealing with hella injuries. I mean, Travion Henderson, he was our main guy going into the year. He's second on the team and carries on the season. Mayan Williams, he's been leading the charge. He's got 117 carries, 783 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's leading the team with most yards per carry. He averages 6.7 himself. But, I mean, what do we think? Do we think Ohio State sticks with one, maybe two guys, or do we give all three guys a go? Because Dallin Hayden, he averages five yards a touch as well, and he's got over 500 yards on the year. I would say initially we just stick with the top two guys, but after watching uh, Alan Hayden play last week, he was he was balling. He came up right when mine went down, and he had three touchdowns, and I'm not sure how many yards, but I know it was definitely over 100 yards. So yeah. he had a great game. So initially I'd say two, but, I mean, after that, why would you not just – you might have to go with the three. I mean, if one of them gets tired or they both get tired, you might as well just put in Dallin Hayden and seeing what he's doing. He's playing really well. Yeah. I mean, I don't – do we even know if Mayan Williams is playing it? That's the one problem that we because, all like. I mean, if he doesn't, sucks. He's our best running back. I think he's better than Travion Henderson. But we got two great ones out there, and Dallin Hayden and uh, Travion Henderson. And uh, I just think that either way, our running game is going to be fine. I'm hoping to see us give the ball to Marvin Harrison, though, because he's our he's our X factor. He could, you know, he can get 15 receptions a game if we would throw him the ball every time. Do we, do we know what to expect from JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba in this game as well? I mean, he's been in and out all season long. He's got very minimal touches, very minimal yards, but 
I mean, he's been preparing for this game all season long, dealing with that hamstring. Do we have you heard any update on him, or is he still questionable going into this game? I haven't heard any update on him. Having said that, if he misses the game, it's it's not like we're missing anything. He's been gone all year. Yeah, it'd be great if he came back, but we've been fine without him. I mean, I agree. I've been waiting to see him all season because, I mean, going into the year, he was one of the highly ranked prospects going into the draft next season. So, I mean, a player like that with his caliber, I mean, you want to show your your skills on a team like Ohio State. But So getting back to the offense, before we move on to the defensive side for both teams, I'd agree that both teams, I mean, to have a successful offensive performance against either team in this matchup, it starts with the run game. And that starts with the front line. And let's say Blake Corum doesn't play. I think Donovan Edwards, I mean, he's going to be someone that it's going to be a main focal point to stop because we've been struggling over the past years to even though we know it's coming – even last week in our matchup against Maryland, we were struggling to stop the run game. So is this something we should be worried about going into the matchup, or do we think Ryan Day is going to get us fully prepared for the Michigan run game? What do we think? I mean, I think that – I said it a little earlier, but I think that our front seven has something to prove, and they're going to give it their all to stop that run. They know it's coming. I think we're going to stack the box, seven guys, play man defense, and rely on our talent. You know, I think the interesting narrative here that's really going to come up is the battle between the freshman running backs. You know, you mentioned Edwards, yeah. but let's not hurry about C.J. Stokes. They're going to use two backs. We're going to use two backs. If you saw the game last week, Travion Henderson, even if he's playing, he's not full health. It's between Dallin Hayden and C.J. Stokes. Who's the freshman that's going to step up? I like that. I like that take. I mean, C.J. Stokes, he's gotten over 50 carries on the year. Um, he's also averaging 5.1 yards per carry. So it's showing whoever Michigan has running the ball, they've been successful no matter what. One thing, another thing that I think is huge going into this game, and it hasn't really been talked about at all, Michigan's defense all season long, they've done a tremendous job. I mean, they're only averaging, they're averaging less than 12 points allowed per game, and it's been led by defensive end Mike Morris. But he's questionable going into this game as he got banged up in their matchup a couple weeks ago against Nebraska. He did not play last week against Illinois, something that was not talked about, overshadowed 100%. Uh, Mike Morris, defensive end for Michigan. He's got seven and a half sacks on the year to go along with his 15 solo tackles. So, so he shows he's a big pass rusher for them. And if he's not good to go for Michigan in this game, I think that's maybe a bigger loss for them than not having Blake Quorum. It's a good take. I mean, I think it's just someone that no one's really talking about. I mean, I got some key guys for Michigan in here. And while he's not like their main tackler, obviously he's a defensive end. So that's not really the biggest factor of his job. His job is getting to the quarterback and disrupting C.J. Stroud this coming up weekend. So if we don't see him, I think that sways to an advantage for Ohio State tremendously. I think that's something that we all need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they can't get to C.J. Stroud and he has time to throw the ball, they're going to they're gonna be in trouble. Because, you know, you said that they haven't let up over 12 points a game, but the best team they've played all year is Penn State. And, you know, Sean Clifford's not great. You know, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Michigan plays against a good team because yeah. they haven't all year. And now, going into the matchup, we know we know what happened last season. We were no no one was expecting it, probably except Jim Harbaugh and everyone in his locker room. They dominated it forty two to twenty seven, like we uh, earlier spoke about. And last year, our big problem was the defensive end. We were struggling on all aspects: the front seven, the secondary. We couldn't do anything successfully enough obviously to beat Michigan and it's been it's been a different narrative this season um 
as we brought in Jim Knowles as their defensive coordinator, he's really turned us around and not really a whole lot's changed on the defensive end. I mean, a lot of guys that I'm about to name, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, uh, JTT, Ronnie Hickman, Latham Ransom, all those guys were here last season. So, I mean, it gives all the props in the, in the world um, to what Jim Knowles has been able to do for the defensive front. But what does our defense – yes, we've dominated all season long. But it doesn't matter if we don't do it against this matchup. So who's the one guy you guys are looking out for to make that, you know, have that X-factor type game, to make those plays, to give us the energy to win this matchup? You talking about on the defensive side? Yep. I'm talking about Zach Harrison. Okay. Senior uh-huh. from Columbus. You know, they've moved more to the inside lately. And I think with his big frame, he's really just plugging up the inside. And, you know, him on the outside, I don't think he has the quickness to keep up those backs. But what Jim Knowles has done, moving him on the inside, I think he's a senior. He's going to make a statement. He is leaving it all on the field. This is one of his last games of his career. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What do you think, Mike? I was going to go with that, but now I feel like i got to go with JTT. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did against Penn State. He pretty much carried us throughout that game. He had one of the best defensive uh, games like we've ever seen in our lives. So I'm not asking him to do that again because that's a little too much to ask. But, I mean, if he can do half of that, that's going to change this game a lot. I think he's the big guy on defense. Yeah, uh, I like both of those, but I think I'm I'm going one. Uh, no, you're going with. You know who I'm going? I agree with, with it completely. Tommy Eichenberg. Yep. Yeah, it's our boy. Sixty total tackles on the year. Leads the team. Uh, has been tremendous in the run game thus far, and we're gonna need him to be making tackles in the backfield, stopping their uh, stopping their running backs before they get past that second line. Yeah, I think Tommy Eichenberg's gonna have a big game against Michigan. I agree with all those statements, and I think going into this game, we know run game is going to be the main factor like we keep talking about, but we got to make sure we stop the pass game. I mean, I, I know no one on our team, and no one as a fan base should be afraid of J.J. McCarthy throwing the football. I mean, he's a solid player and everything, but we know he's nothing special. He's just another college quarterback. But the guys I'm looking for, and it may not make a lot of sense, but it's our top DBs, Ronnie Hickman and Lathan Ransom, because I got complete faith in our linebackers, Tommy and Steel Chambers um, specifically. I think on the run game, you know, if they end up getting past our D-line, I got complete faith that they're going to be able to shut down whoever it is running the ball, whether it is Blake Corm getting the touches, whether it is Donovan Edwards, or whether it is the freshman, C.J. Stokes, getting the carries. But to me, when we are struggling in games, it's because we're letting up big plays on the passing game. And if Michigan's going to compete in this game, J.J. McCarthy's going to have to have the game of his life. And for that not to happen, Lathan Ransom and Ronnie Hickman are going to have to dominate. I mean, they've combined for over 50 tackles, um, over 40 assisted, and they've got two interceptions on the season combined. But one stat that I want to put out to you guys, PFF. Or should I say, I guess, PFF College on Twitter, they came out with a stat the other day that was saying Ronnie Hickman was the second highest graded safety in college football and Lathan Ransom is the sixth highest graded safety in college football. So this tandem has definitely been underlooked as we've had a dominant defense on all forces. But I think these guys come up big, make a couple big plays in the secondary and late in the game. If Ohio State is up, which I think we most likely will be, I think they make the big plays to close out the game. But now let's get into what we think the final score is going to be. So Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan's on the road. We said they haven't won in Ohio State since 2000. The spread's at seven and a half. It opened at eight and a half, so it dropped a little bit. And the over-under is at 57. What are you guys liking this game? First of all, I'm going to say Ohio State is covering. Yep. Put the house on it. Yep. 
Right now, the public's looking like about 63% on Michigan, 37 Ohio State. I love that. Yeah. I love Ryan with Vegas. As far as a score prediction, you know, I think I think we cover well. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, 42-27. Okay. That's what the score was last year. Really? Yeah, 42-27. Michigan won the game. See, Damon, no, we'll get right back to him. <laughs> I think that the final score, I think we're going to have definitely over 40 points. I was looking earlier. We haven't scored um, none of our games this year. We've had 30 points. We've only had 21 twice, and it was the first game against Notre Dame, and then that game against Northwestern where the winds were like 20, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. So I think that we're going to definitely put up 40 once we get things going. I got the score. We'll say... Yeah, 45, we'll go 45-35. Benji, what do you think? So, I think that uh I think that our offense is, you know, good enough to put up points. I think I think we're going to win the game. I think we're going to win because Michigan won't be able to keep up with us, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get quite to 40 cuz this is the best defense we've seen all season, but I don't think they're going to be putting up a lot of points either because we're the best defense they've played all season. So uh, I think it'll be – I think it's going to be lower than people think. I'm going 35 to 21, Ohio State. I like that. So with my pick, I think I agree with Chris. Put the house on OSU covering. I think, you know, obviously we come out with a different uh, mentality this matchup, and I think our defense steps up big time. And obviously with their uh, key losses, we don't know with Blake Corum, but we know he's not 100%. Uh, we don't know with Mike Morris, their defensive end, but I know he's not 100%. And I think we come out and, you know, lay it on them. And I think we lay it on them right away. I mean, with the environment that they have in the shoe, I don't think there's anything worried about, you know, how like how are we going to come out and play this game? Because obviously last week, all around college football, all of the top teams in the nation didn't really seem like they showed up, almost like they were looking past their matchups. I got Ohio State covering – uh, I'm going to, I was about to take the over until, uh, you kind of spoke your words, but I'm going to take the under and it's solely because I think we dominate the game defensively and I don't think Michigan scores any more than 20 points in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and say Ohio state wins this game 42 to 20. Obviously we cover. And then Big that's a, that's the over on that matchup spread. The over under is 57. So I got Buckeyes and I got Buckeyes big. Wow. I like that. And then uh, to finish the podcast for you guys today, let's talk a little bit about the uh, college football playoff, the outlook, uh, and what we think is going to happen in these last couple weeks. So as we know, uh, Tennessee, they were on the outside looking in already. Tough loss last week to South Carolina. They got absolutely dominated from start to finish. But another big loss for them, and I guess it doesn't really matter, but I mean, Hennon Hooker, he tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season, and we're not going to see him till he's in the pros. So he's out. I mean, Utah, I guess you can kind of say they were in the mix because they were still competing for a Pac-12 championship. They lost to Oregon this past weekend, 17-20. to 20. So, you know, with losses like that going on, what do we think happens in these next couple weeks, and who do we think gets these last couple spots in the playoffs? Because like we're all predicting, we think Ohio State wins this matchup. Does Michigan still have a shot to make the playoff? I mean, what about LSU? I mean, they're uh, hopefully. I mean, they got a game against Texas A&M before their SEC matchup against Georgia. Do they still have a shot? And then, of course, USC. They got a huge matchup this week. One that I think is not being talked about enough. Their matchup at home against 18th in the nation Notre Dame, who's playing some hot football right now. What are we thinking, boys? Who gets these last two spots? 
So you're locking in Georgia and Ohio State. I'm locking. I'm locking in Georgia. I think they beat LSU in the SEC championship game, and I got us beating Michigan handily, like I said. And then whoever we play on the other side of the division, whether it's right now, it's looking like Purdue. But if it's I don't know Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois, whoever it may be, I think we should win that game by 40 points. So it shouldn't matter. But last two spots, they're wide open for anyone to take. Right now, TCU's in the mix. They're they're at the four spot right now, but whoever loses this game, they're going to drop below them, assuming TCU does not get upset by Iowa State this week. Yeah, I like TCU. I, I don't see anyone stopping them right now. If it's just the conference, the difficulty, but, I mean, you have no losses. It's kind of hard to deny them. And there's no uh, conference championship game for them. So normally I would say that's kind of uh, – it kind of hurts you as a – as a, a team, but this year, I mean, with their undefeated record and the way college football has been this year, if they win this week, they're in. I think that's a lock, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. But what, okay, so Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, but that last spot, we're going to, so even if we don't know, loser of the Ohio State Michigan game, we got LSU losing to Georgia, most likely. We have USC in a conference championship game. Most likely, they're going to be going up against Oregon. We don't know what to expect in that game. And then, of course, you got at the bottom of the mix, you got nine and two Bama. You got ten and one Clemson. Who's taking that last spot? So are we are we assuming that USC wins out? Uh, you assume for yourself. You think USC <laughs> wins right, well, out? No, I don't assume. I don't think USC is going to win out. I think they'll either lose to Notre Dame or I think it's going to be Oregon. Yeah, um, it'll probably be Oregon. Yeah, so I think they're going to lose one of those games that puts everybody in the Pac-12 with two losses. Tennessee has two losses. LSU has two losses. If USC loses another football game, it does not matter who loses Saturday because both teams will get into the playoff. Wait, wait, wait. You said if USC loses another game, Ohio State and Michigan will both be in. See, that's interesting to me because in the Big Ten, like I've been saying it since the beginning of the year, like whoever loses this matchup, there's no way they have a chance just because of the strength of schedule in our in our uh, conference. But you know, now you look at Tennessee just got spanked. LSU, if they lose to Georgia or even Texas A&M, that's three losses for them. Uh, Bama with two losses, I don't think they have a chance. Clemson with their tough loss, I don't think they have a chance, right? Do we think Clemson still has a chance in the mix? If they win the ACC, I think they'll put them at five, but their strength schedule is worse than It's worse than ours. Yeah, it's terrible. So, I don't know. I still don't think it makes sense to put the loser of Ohio State-Michigan in – but who else are you putting in? Let's say, let's say, let's say what you think. Let's say USC loses one of these next two matchups. Let's say LSU does not beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Even if they game. do, they're not going to get in with two losses. I can tell you that they will not put a two-loss team in over a one-loss Clemson. If they beat Georgia, LSU beats Georgia. If LSU yes. beat Georgia, I, I think, think if LSU put gets, I think they both SEC get put in. Loss to they'd Florida State. Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? We, can, the go, best we can go back to your arguments a few weeks ago. Remember what you would always be saying? Should I bring it up again? That Tennessee would suck, and they did, and ended up losing. And yes, like, what are you talking about? I'm saying strength of schedule, and you always said like how teams have evolved from the start of the season to the end of the season. You don't think LSU's been is worthy of that at all, even if they defeat Georgia. You don't think their improvement? You were the one that said it yourself. Yeah, I L- agree. LSU, I think LSU has had have been a completely different team over the last four or five. LSU weeks. has made tremendous steps since the beginning of the season. I'll agree with that. But the committee will never put a two-loss team in if there's. Five teams that don't have two losses. 
They'll put Clemson in over LSU with the ACC championship. I disagree because I think they've shown that with the rankings they've had over the last couple of weeks. The way they dropped Clemson in the rankings after their one sole loss, there's no way they move them all the way back up just for winning against Where's LSU at? Scrubs. Uh, LSU, before this week, um, they're at six. They're at six? They're behind Tennessee. Because I was assuming Tennessee was going to hop in whoever loses Ohio State-Michigan. So they're at six, and then they escaped Arkansas on Saturday? Yeah, but there was a lot of escapes in college football there last were. week. I mean, there yeah, were, the top four teams were all struggling. I mean, yeah, but they're in the top four, so they're like they're safe right now. LSU, like, you know, LSU Georgia needs only, to be beating those teams Georgia by 40 if they want to have a chance. 16 to 6. What's that about? Should we start getting on their ass? What was Stetson yeah, Bennett doing last week? They're undefeated. They're safe. They're going to beat LSU. Like, come on. We if, know- we're, if we're locking in TCU, I think the only way LSU doesn't get in if they beat Georgia is if USC wins out and then dominates. I think they give USC the spot. That's the only way if uh, LSU wins against Georgia that they don't get in. Because if you beat Georgia and you have the SC championship, we all know that SEC is the so best. So if LSU beats Georgia, does Georgia still get in? Yes. Would yeah. they go to? What do you think they're going in at? I mean, I they probably move them to three or four. But how do you put in Georgia? Yes, they have one loss, but LSU just beat them in the SEC championship game. Isn't that kind of controversial? I think OSU moves to number one for sure. Yeah, and then probably TCU. TCU, and then you put LSU and Georgia in that order. Nah, I'm not buying the two-loss LSU getting in the playoffs. There's no shot. Well, who else would get in? Because if you said that USC it's gonna be TCU, is going to be Georgia, lose. Ohio State, and Michigan. All those teams will have one all right, loss all or right. less. I don't see Michigan. How about this? Finish the show. I'll let you guys all pick your four teams. Who do we think are making the college football playoffs? Pick your four. I'm – all right, I'm going Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, TCU at three, Michigan at four. All right, all right. I'm going Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and I think USC is going to win out. Okay. I was going to say that same thing, but yeah, if USC wins out, they're getting that four spot. I agree with, I agree with that totally. If they went out, they're definitely getting it. How many losses does Oregon have? They do have – yeah, because they – see, it's tough because – I, I mean, I'm going Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, top three for a fact. I don't think LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. I just don't think they're at the level of play that Georgia's at. I think they're at a completely different level. But the fourth spot, like, I think Oregon can beat USC if they play in a conference championship game. And if that happens, I don't really know who they slide in because I don't think they put in a one-loss Michigan. But there's no, So you put in Clemson then, right? I'm not putting in a Clemson. So it has to be Michigan. You can't put a three-loss LSU team in there. But why would you put in a one-loss uh, Big Ten team that isn't in the Big Ten championship? Because they're they don't have because if Ten Michigan loses, they're so lost. This is the Big Ten championship this weekend? Well, this, well yes. obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, but the, but if Michigan loses to us, I know they won't have the Big Ten championship. But the year we got in and won the national championship, now nah, we went to the Big Ten championship. No, nah, we'll it was a couple years after. Yeah, that we got we, in without going to the Big Ten championship. We got spanked by Clemson, though. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. But you know our. Michigan's sole loss will be to an, the number two opponent on the road. A, you know, if they lose big, maybe you kick them out of there. But if it's a close game, it's going to be hard to leave Michigan out. Like, if both teams come out and just look. See, but that's the crazy thing. I don't think it's going to be a good game. I, th- I think they're a little banged up. You know, they're missing some guys on the offensive end. We don't know how Blake Corm's feeling. I think their rushing attack's still going to be good. But I think I think we'll withstand it, and then their passing game's going to fall apart in the second half. That's what I think. But – I don't know. If I think Oregon beats USC, it kind of leaves it open for anybody. So if Michigan keeps it a close game, let's say they lose by less than double digits, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I'll give them the fourth spot. 
But if they do not, then <sighs> Clemson. Clemson wins the ACC. They're gonna get the. You think spot. they sneak in there? Yeah, I mean, Clemson- the nine spot now. How you think they're gonna? That's what I'm saying. That's that would be absolutely incredible. Well, I I think it's gonna be USC. But if they beat each other up and they don't like the Pac-12, I think Clemson sneaks all the way in. Yeah. You know, with one loss against, and they have AC championship. I think winning your conference is always huge. That's a huge boost. That's an argument for almost any team to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and I. Sadly, I'm going to throw Clemson there in the fourth spot, um, and I think we get the matchup against TCU, and I think we get an Ohio State-Georgia National Championship. Uh, we got the Buckeyes win at all this year. Do we got what it takes? Yes. Yeah, we need to be healthy. Sure. We do need to be yeah, healthy. You no, know, I'm a big Ohio State fan. I've been saying we're the best team in the country all year, but like last year, or not last year, but whenever we played Bama in the National Championship, and uh, I think that was in 20. Trey Sermon got hurt on the first play of the game, like. We can't have shit like that happening to us in the playoffs. We need to stay healthy through the rest of the season. I would, I would just like make the argument that we haven't, like, I don't even like saying it, but we have not looked great these last few weeks. We haven't. I mean, even against the game last week against Maryland, we won that game forty-three to thirty. I mean, when was the last time we gave up thirty points? Penn State, and Penn State's a completely different ball club than Maryland. I look at the last time we played at Maryland. We never play well up there. We won. We won an overtime because they did not get a two point conversion a few years ago. If you remember that with Dwayne Haskins, rest yeah. in peace. I'm gonna give Maryland their credit though. They were playing well. They were, and I'm a fan of Talia. I think he's a terrific quarterback. Yeah. No, I think Maryland gave us their best game, just like Penn State gave us their best game, just like Northwestern gave us their best game. Yeah. Everybody likes playing good against Ohio State because they're the team to beat. So. And how much? And you know, against Maryland, like we lost to Michigan last year. How much of that was looking ahead? Like you said. You know, it's the biggest game of these kids' career coming up next week. Yeah. No, maybe you're right. We were talking about it on the pod last week. You said uh, maybe watch out for these teams looking ahead, and I think that's exactly what happened. I was not expecting it at all. Because even Michigan against Illinois last week, they survived that game. If you guys are watching that game, completely survived winning 19-17. to So it's going to be a tremendous matchup. I think we're going to be celebrating hard Saturday come 3 o'clock, 3.30, but um, only time will tell for college football and the rest of the season to play out. Um, but outside of that, you guys got anything else to say to the viewers? Anything you guys want to let you know? Let them know. You guys want to say hi to your mom or anything? <laughs> say Giants winning the NFC East. <laughs> All right, that's not happening. You got anything to say? If we're talking NFL, Deshaun's Whoa. gonna make a big time. Big time comeback. We'll just see. <laughs> okay, we'll see if Deshaun can uh, somehow turn around the Browns. Ben, you got anything? Bengals are winning the AFC North. All right. We got a bunch of bias takes right here. And my <laughs> one bias take, Caesar winning it all. That'll be it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Lance's House of Sports. I'll see you guys next week. You guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Mic drop. <laughs>